Uh, if you're here for the very first time, welcome to New Heart Church. We're so glad you're here this morning, here in the room, watching all. Come on, give them a huge shout. We're glad you're here. Man, wow, what an incredible day. So glad you're all here. Man, it got a little cold and y'all are here this morning. I love that. How's everybody feeling? You feeling good? You glad you're in the room? All right, I'm going to talk about this idea uh, um, and, and, and really, if, if you have something to take notes, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that you have something to write some things down with because I'm going to uh, talk through um, a lot of different scriptures uh, and, and paint a broad picture of, uh, of something that I, I, I see throughout all of scripture, um, but really it's a cultural um, foundational piece for our church when we talk about generosity, and I um, and I love uh, this this idea um, that it's so in the fabric of who we are, not only as a church, but who God is, and and so I, I want to um, I, I want to take some time to kind of unpack uh, this. And um, before we do, hey, come on, let's pray all together. Father, we thank you for this morning. Father, we're so thankful that it's your Spirit, God, that it's your words. God, it's, it's your activity, God, that actually does the change in our life. Father, we're praying, God, for however we came in this morning, we're praying, God, that we'd leave better. Father, however we came in this morning, God, we pray that we would leave with less worry and anxiety. However we came in this morning, God, we pray we would leave, leave with more faith. God, more courage and boldness, God, to live exactly how you would want us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody say amen. 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 I, um, I talked about this last week. Um, we're trying to instill in our son, Watson, generosity. He's five. Um, this, is, this is tough. But also he wants to, but also tough. And, and so we're, you know, we're working with him and, and, and we're working with Piper too, but you know, she's, you know, it's a little year, year and a half. So, uh, you know, easy come, easy go. You know, she, you grab something from her, she cries and then, you know, it's on to the next. And, but Watson has a better memory. He's like, Hey, wait, that was mine. You know? And, and so we're working with him and, um, and, uh, we, we got some, uh, we got these little foam. I don't know if you've ever seen these things. Uh, before we got these little fo foam swords, um, uh, just basically because he likes to sword fight and I don't like to get hurt because <laughs> he swings them um, like he's like defending his whole life and I, I, I was like okay we gotta get something because I mean he hit hitting I mean he hit Jess's hand and she um, said awesome words when you know he. <laughs> In front of our whole neighborhood, they all heard it, and it was awesome. Um, and, and so we're like, we gotta get some foam foam swords. We gotta get some. so we got these foam swords, and he was loving them, and we're you know playing all this stuff, and 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 we got them all. And Piper wanted one; they're very light, and you can hold one. And I said, Watson, give that to her. Give one. You have like three. Give one to her. And he's like, No. And I was like, Son, do it. And he was like, No. And I was like, oh, oh, you ever know, this is for parents, you ever know that moment where you're like, I'm about to get into it. <laughs> it was all fun. This was all fun. And now I'm about to step into it. We're about to blow it up right now. And so I was like, do it right now. Do it. And he was like, fine. 
and he threw the sword down at her feet. So he did it. But he didn't do it. He did it, but he didn't do it. And we all get that because we understand, oh, wait, you weren't being generous. You were just being, at the best part, obedient. But it was way more out of, if I don't do this, right? There's no generosity there. We know that. We get that. And so I, I, I look at this, and I think this is so good for us to see. And I want to talk about this idea of heart over hand. Because when we see who God is, we a lot of times misinterpret the way that he wants us to live and we think it's more about what we do than the attitude in which we do it. None of us would agree with that statement. We would all say, no, we understand God cares so much more about our heart. But in reality, we put way more emphasis and more structure and more thinking on what we do than in the attitude in which we do it. And so we actually say, yes, God cares about my heart, but in our actions, we're like, God just cares about what I do. And so if I do it, then I'm free and clear. And this is what Hosea says. This is the prophet Hosea. He was talking uh, to Israel. Um, this is uh, Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. Can we put this on the screen? Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. Look at this. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. What is this saying? God cares more about your heart than what you do, what you give. All of these things. That we look at and think, this is what God wants. God is like, oh, no, 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 no. I'd rather you stop giving altogether if you're having a bad attitude. Right? Wazza, pick the sword up again. Give it to her because you want to. But any parent knows, this is harder. Right? I remember saying this, Watson, I want you to give, you, give her the sword. And he said, Dad, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, like, like this is, like, I'll do it, but I don't, don't want to. Matthew chapter 15. So now Jesus talks about the same idea. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands 
from God. Then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear, listen. He said, try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. He was trying to say, hey, the Pharisees, they're trying to make it about these rules and regulations and all of these different things. But if you don't attack the root or if you don't deal with the heart, the things you do on the outside don't matter to God because he does not care about what you do at, in, in response if you have a bad heart. This is why Jesus said, so don't you understand? Uh, yeah, he said, but the words you speak, verse 18, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. Jesus was saying, it is heart. It is heart. It is heart over hands. It's not about what you do. God doesn't want your perfect church attendance. God doesn't want you to show up and do this, 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 this. God doesn't need you to work for him. God doesn't need you to do this and this and this. God wants your heart because you know what? The heart is what you give free and clear. He won't make you give you his, give you give your heart away. He will ask you, but he will not make you. And when you start giving your heart in free and clear, God, here's my heart. I'm available. I'm open to you in that moment. That's what God cares. That's what he wants. He wants your heart. Now, once the heart is there, everything else follows. That's what Jesus was saying. It's out of the heart. That everything comes. But don't we get this messed up? Right? In Christianity and church. I do. I start quoting the scripture. Proverbs 4. Above all else, guard your actions. <laughs> right? What stuff in church and Christianity do we talk about most? What you did. What you're doing, what you're about to do. It's, it, it is heart, heart, heart above all else. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. We got more security on our phones than we do our heart. There are more passwords protecting your different thing, uh, but, but God said, above all else, guard your heart. What kind of passwords you got on your heart? What kind of things guard your heart so offense doesn't get in there, so bitterness doesn't get in there, so unforgiveness doesn't get in there, so selfish ambition doesn't get in there, so greed doesn't get in there. What kind of passwords do you have on your phone? Or do you just have an unlocked, open up, anything can come in at any moment. One time I read this one social media post and I am gone because I have no guard over my heart. I have no guard over what God says is the most important thing because everything comes from your heart. God, God sees things differently. This is, this is why when he was going to call a new king and went to call David, it was different. Because Samuel was looking at all these dudes that just looked the part. And he was like, surely this is God's anointed. 
Actually, First Samuel, uh, let's see if we can put it on the screen. Look, look at this. Is it, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Don't we do that? Surely this is God's way. Surely this is God's. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks, what? At the heart. At the heart. Heart over hands. Heart over what you do. Heart over what you need or think that you need to be in or do. We are so good at tasks. Because it's so hard to work on your attitude. Right? God, can't I just do something? Just let me pay the fine. I don't want to I don't, I don't work on nothing. I don't want to do, you know what I'm talking about? At some point, efficiency takes over, and you're like, it's just more efficient that I just do. And God's like, I'm not caring. I, I don't care about efficiency. I care about right heart. So I'm going to go into major heart surgery. And this might, make, it, this might take a lot of time, but I'm going to get to the thing that needs to be changed if you'll let me change it. But we keep trying to put it on thing, things that we see, things that we see, things that we see. And we see things, and so we're like, surely this is it. And God's like, I don't see things the way that you see. This is why dating, when people are dating, this is what gets them in trouble. Right? They, they, people are dating, they, 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 see, they see somebody and they're like, you know, like they're like, they passed the eye test. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's all this. It's all this. It's all this. Everything that they see, everything that they see. How many, I, I don't know how many people I've heard. Yeah, they might pass the eye test. Do they pass the heart test? Uh, D minus. But they got washboard abs. <laughs> So, I'm going to date the brother. <laughs> All of a sudden, now you're dating for pain instead of purpose. But you think, because they, pay, they, they pass the eye test, you're like, let's go, let's go home. And God's like, what? I, 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 it, it blows me away how it just in the dating culture, especially with people who say, God, you're my number one. How quickly, how quickly we choose based on outside appearance instead of inner heart issues. I'll get to the heart later. Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah, you will. And, and, and some, some of you will marry them. Then you'll really start seeing their heart and you're like, man, they look so ugly. And you know why they look ugly? And, and their appearance hasn't changed a bit. Because you start seeing their heart. And you're like, man, that stupid eye test. Why don't, why don't we go by heart test? They're harder. Takes more time. Why, why, why don't we focus on our own heart that's deceitful? The Bible says it's deceitful above all things. That it, that it plays tricks on us. And God said, no, this is the thing that I need you to, to change. 
I need you to get your heart right. And so the thing that we do in church, especially when we talk about generosity, is we say, as long as you give, God doesn't care. And it slaps in the face of everything in Scripture. You know that God doesn't care about what you give and how you give if your heart is messed up. He wants your heart right. Let, let, let me read this. This is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. This, this idea, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop, a lavish planter gets a lavish crop. Stop. In church, we sit there. Oh, give it. Give it. Got to get a lavish crop. Come on, make it rain up in here. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, okay. I got to do more. I got to do. No. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it. God loves it when the giver delights in giving. What is this saying? God cares about your heart over your hand. So, so make sure that I'm just going to say for our church, there is no arm twisting. There is no guilt. There is no sob story with a Sarah McLaughlin song in the arms of an angel trying to get you to one more tear so you put one more zero on whatever you're going to get. I'm telling you that's not the giving that God is asking his church to give with. What he's saying is get your heart right. And if you can get your heart right, then everything else follows that. But work on the heart and the hand will follow. Work on the heart and the hand will follow. It is not hand over heart. It is heart over hand. We're looking for transformation. We're not looking for somebody just to say, oh, can I just give a couple things and make sure the guilt leaves me. Because that is where we really fall into problems. Because we don't know the difference between giving to guilt and giving to God. And too many of us have, caught, have gotten caught in a wrong church environment or a wrong teaching to where all of a sudden we just, we just, we have been programmed to give to guilt instead of give to God. And he said, I just want your heart right because that's what I want the most. Luke eleven forty two is talking, and, and Jesus says, he's talking to the Pharisees, and what sorrow awaits you Pharisees for you are careful to tithe even the teeniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. He goes on to say, you should tithe. Yes. So just for any of you who think like, well, tithing was the Old Testament, you haven't read the whole Bible. You have only read parts that you think will help you. Well, 
or fit your life? Jesus said, yes, you should tithe. But do not neglect the more important, what's more important. See, some, some pastors don't even like to say that. What's more important than tithe? A lot. Number one, your heart. Over everything. And Jesus was saying, yes, yes, the tithing. That's all, you know what he's talking about? He's talking about this promise that Malachi said in chapter, uh, Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. You see what God's saying? If you bring this in, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room to take it in. Guys, this is a promise from God. He said, try it. Put me the test. So I'm, I'm telling you right now, tithing, some of you are frustrated with your financial position right now. And tithing is absolutely your answer. answer. You have never tithed, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you've maybe never heard it taught, that first 10% goes to God, then the rest of the 90, God blesses in incredible ways. And so this is how you worship God with your finances. You've never heard it before, you've never heard it taught, and so you don't even know what I'm talking about. That is tithing. But some of you, or maybe a majority of you, have been around long enough that you've heard tithing taught, but because you have heard it in such a guilt-ridden way, or such a, a thing as God only cares about your giving, doesn't care about your heart, what has happened is you've pushed that thing away because you don't want to give in guilt. But the problem is you haven't decided to give with the right attitude and you're frustrated in your financial position because you're not honoring God with what he's asked you to honor God with. But you can see how tricky it is because I start talking about this and people immediately start thinking, oh, he's trying to get something. I'm not. My job is not to get people to give. My job is to get people's heart open to God. That's it. And God does work in people's lives to change them from the inside out. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't teach our church that if you want to get in the best financial position you can, Honor God with your wealth. Proverbs chapter 3, this is not in my notes. Proverbs chapter 3 says, honor God with the wealth, with the first fruits of all your crop. Meaning the, the very start of what God has blessed you with. That first 10%. Jesus said, yes, tithe. But don't do it with that nasty old Pharisee heart. Because when you start giving to guilt, and you're like, okay, well, I guess I have to do this. What happens is you start getting into this guilt giving that treats the tithe as a bill and not a blessing. The tithe is not a bill. It's a blessing. But some of us, all we've ever heard in our whole life, well, you should tithe. And so you start, you got to pay that bill. And you know what? We react to bills differently. Well, come on, come on everyone. Right? Never got, no one got a bill in this. Man, awesome. I would love to live your life. 
Because I got some bills right now. I got some mail that I got to open that I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. We, we treat bills differently, right? Yeah. What, 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 and, and, and some of us treat bills, we avoid them. Right? I'm just being real. I don't even, I don't, I don't know any other way to talk about this than just be real honest. So if you wanted somebody to fluff it up and talk to you about this and that, that's not me. I, th- when we look at bills, some of us, our, our mode of operation is we avoid them. And we duck them. And thank God for caller ID. <laughs> Ignore that, baby. Ignore that. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. Throw it away in the trash. Throw it away in the trash. Throw it away in the trash. And we think if we keep doing this long enough, they will give up. <laughs> Sally Mae, don't give up. <laughs> she, listen. She will find, I mean, she will find you. And, and I'm telling you, a lot of times when we, think, when we think about the tithe as a bill, we avoid it. So we don't want to hear nobody talk about it. Oh, they're going to talk about tithing in church. I better not come to that Sunday. Oh, they're going to talk. When the offering thought is being up there, oh, just don't listen, don't listen, don't listen, listen. Okay, now I can be ready for everything. We avoid it at any cost. We don't want to hear anything. Why? Because we look at tithe as a bill, not a blessing. And you don't actually see how much it can bless. I, I, in Colorado, I um, had a job in Colorado, but I was, whew, I was working for a church. But uh, whew, it, I was young. And they didn't have a lot of money, and I definitely didn't have a lot of money. And uh, I was just scraping by. And I had this one college bill uh, that they kept, I mean, they were just leaving message after message after message after message. And I was not calling them back. I wasn't, I didn't want to mess with it. I was like, I I don't have, listen, y'all, I I didn't have money. I was like, I didn't have money. Forget one time, I had a bunch of junior high students in my car. I ran out of gas on the road. I was so, I was like, what am I going to do? I made them all get out and push, and I drove because <laughs> junior high. So it looked weird, but it worked, and I got to the gas station. But, I mean, I just didn't have anything, and, and I was like, how am I going to do this? So I just kept avoiding, avoiding, avoiding. Finally, this person that was calling me for my college bill showed up at my work. I was like. Wow. You know, I don't know if you've ever been, like, feeling like, it feels like I'm naked in front of a million people. Uh, This person in front of all the people I worked with showed up. I was like, me. Come over, and he said, I've been trying to get a hold of you. I was like, oh, 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 really? (laughs) Lord, help me and forgive me. Oh, really? And he said, yeah, because I want to help you. He goes, I, I, I know you're in a financially difficult decision, but there's some programs that can help you. And I've been trying to help you, but I, didn't, I, I must have had your wrong number. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's wrong number. How, how do you ever know if you always avoid? That when you honor God, there's help. But, but if you, 
if you treat the tithe as a bill, you run away from it. And you try to avoid. Or if you, if you don't avoid it, you pay it with obligation. I have to. Not that I get to. Some, some of you, with your tithe, you treat it like a bill that you're just like, well, i got to pay my bill. I have to. Still not the heart that God wants you to give with. Because he wants you to get, he wants you to change from I have to, come on, in everything in your life, change from I have to to I get to. Right? Because it, but, but when you treat the tithe as a bill, you don't get that. Like, right? How, no, no one goes to their electric bills, I get to. <laughs> oh my gosh, people really love their AC today. Here you go. Right? No, I, I have to. But God said, if you change your heart, if you'll change that, then it all of a sudden, the tithe changes from tran- transactional to transformational. And that's what we want. Right? I don't want it to ever be weird when we talk about finances in our church. Just so you know, I don't ever want it to be weird. I don't ever want it to feel like it has a lot uh, on it. I don't ever want it to feel, of course, like it's ever um, guilt-laden or you have to. I'm just trying to let everyone see with open hands and open hearts and open eyes, oh, this is what God has set up. And this is how I can, this is how I can honor God. With my heart over my hands. Because when, that, when that's right, then things change. Right? There's this, um, there's this story uh, in the Bible. I don't have time to read through it all. Um, but this man named Zacchaeus who was a tax collector, very wealthy, um, very hated. He, uh, and you can stand to your feet. We're, we're almost done because the mute playing, so that means <laughs> better wrap it up, Ben. Um, it's, it's a beautiful story of, um, of this man named Zacchaeus who was wealthy, who was, um, he uh, had everything, but he... He didn't have a relationship with Jesus. He was hated by most everybody around him because they all thought he was a cheat. And he was. And so this moment where he wanted to see Jesus was more out of curiosity but also mixed with desperation because something was wrong with him. Like he he knew it, but he didn't know it. So he, he, he gets up in a tree to see Jesus because he's short. And Jesus saw him. And, and without him ever introducing himself, he said Zacchaeus, which must have freaked him out because there's no way that Jesus knew his name except he was the son of God. So he said Zacchaeus. 
come down. I'm going to have dinner in your house tonight. Which in that cultural setting, you did a teacher of religious law never went into a place like that. I mean, it basically said that you're condoning everything he did. Right? And, the, and isn't the, the picture of grace that so many people, oh, God's grace isn't like that because that would be condoning it. When, when does ever loving somebody say, I condone what you do? I don't get that. And so Jesus brought Zacchaeus, uh, or Zacchaeus came down, they, they went to his house, and um, there's this moment that Zacchaeus' life just explodes into God's goodness. And he said, Jesus, I, I'm going to give back half of my wealth to the poor. And anyone, anyone who I've cheated, I'm going to pay back four times as much. And you're looking at that and you're like, that's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot. And, and what struck me with this, did you know Jesus didn't ask him to do this? Come on, Jesus didn't ask him to do it. How did, how did that happen? Happened because his heart was changed. Heart over hand. Heart over hand. So I, I'm telling you, even if we're talking about tithing, if you have a problem with tithing, I, I would say first and foremost, God changed my heart. God changed my heart. I, w- I want to get that right. And so if I get that right, then everything else follows. I've talked about this before, but what God's trying to do for some of you right now that are having a hard time financially, God's, you're holding on to what you have like this, right? And you're thinking, the tighter I hold it, the, 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 the more that I can keep it so I can use it. But, but what God's trying to do is he's trying to get you to open up. Because what, what has more room to receive? This or this? So if I stopped there, everybody would get it. But can I tell you that it's actually not even the hand that God's working on right now. It's your heart he's trying to open. It's your heart that's closed. It's your heart that needs to say, okay, I'm just going to start opening up the inside of who I am to you, God, at this moment. At this moment, I'm going to do this. Come on. Come on, church. Let's lift up our hands to God. All, every heart.